Hey everyone, Saul Marquez here. Have you launched your podcast already and discovered what a pain it could be to keep up with editing, production, show notes, transcripts, and operations? What if you could turn over the keys to your podcast busy work while you do the fun stuff like expanding your network and taking the industry stage? Let us edit your first episode for free so you can experience the freedom. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here, and today I have a treat for you. I've got Tara Harrington as a guest. She's the Vice President of Cardinal Health Specialty Solutions, overseeing Synexus Access and Patient Support, a patient services hub that works on behalf of pharmaceutical manufacturers to provide tailored solutions based on the needs of their patients and their treatment journey. Tara began her more than 20-year career in healthcare as a registered nurse before transitioning to the business side of the pharmaceutical world, which taught her the importance of keeping patients' needs at the center of the healthcare system. Today, Tara leads the Synexus Patient Services Hub, developing customized patient support programs for biopharmaceutical companies, ranging from top 10 pharmaceutical manufacturers to emerging biotech innovators and cell and gene therapy developers. Such a pleasure to have you here, Tara. I know you guys are, are working on some really phenomenal programs and uh, really excited to dive into those today. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me, Saul. This is a, a great opportunity to get the word out. So thank you. Absolutely. So before we dive into to the great work that you guys do, Tara, tell us a little bit more about you and why you're inspired to do the work that you do in healthcare. Well, I think I came by it naturally. My father was a physician. So, um, and, and he was a physician in a small town, a general practitioner. So really got to know the community and the way healthcare impacts a community. And then as a teenager, I was a junior volunteer, or we called them candy stripers back then, and spent many, many hours every week at the hospital. And those early experiences, whether it was being able to take flowers into a patient's room or push a patient you know, down the hallway as they were going to radiology and getting to hear their stories really sparked my passion for patient care at a young age. And then after I became a nurse, um, I started out as a bedside nurse and also worked in hospice and caring for patients and definitely their families during that difficult time taught me so much about patient centricity in healthcare. And we can't ever forget that at the heart of anything we do in healthcare as practitioners, that we need to make sure that patients stay at the heart um, and really valuing and empowering patients to advocate for their own care. Um, although I no longer work in that clinical setting, um, still very much still think of myself as a nurse. I keep my RN license up and those experiences that I gained as a nurse still inspire me and guide my work in healthcare today. Um, in my role at Cardinal Health Synexus, I lead a team and we work, as you said, with those biopharma companies and develop and implement programs to support patients who are facing barriers, barriers to care, things that can impact their health outcomes. So my inspiration, now we talked about what was my inspiration as a child, but my inspiration today is really in that problem solving and collaborating with our clients to remove those obstacles to care so that patients can achieve the best possible outcomes um, over the course of their treatment journey. I think that's great, Tara. And, and so how exactly are you and the Synexus team adding value to the healthcare ecosystem? Yeah, product patients with chronic um, care conditions, things like cancer, things like MS, things like rheumatoid arthritis, things like psoriatic arthritis, they often face challenges when it comes to managing their treatment regimen. 
Um, you know, these patients generally don't have quote, just one thing, you know, and, and they're not just their disease, you know, patients um, are, you know, have that whole 360 around them. And we have to remember that when we're helping them manage things like their prior authorizations and their benefits investigations. Um, before a payer will pay the cost for some of these, you know, um, specialty medications, they require these hurdles that it, patients have to go through before they can access their therapy. And these requirements can be very time consuming. I'm, I'm talking weeks, you know, sometimes months, and it significantly delays the start of therapy for patients. Um, in addition to delaying that start of therapy, it, it causes a lot of angst for patients as they're worrying about whether or not their therapy is going to be approved and how quickly it will be approved. Um, and even after patients do initially access their therapy, many still struggle. Um, there's, you know, as I said, I mean, these patients have a lot on their plate. So when some of the barriers that come up are anything from financial obstacles, concerns about side effects, can be social or emotional challenges. So there's just things that come up for these patients. And at Synexis, we have experience in delivering reimbursement support and clinical education and other ways to help patients get started on their therapy and maintain their therapy. We provide assistance to more than 250,000 patients every year. Um, and we also have technology that helps patients achieve better outcomes. Um, for example, we um, have done a lot when it comes to automation, both the prior authorization and the benefits um, verification process. Um, things that used to take you know, weeks, days to weeks, now can be done in a matter of hours or a couple of days. So definitely reducing that time to therapy. And That's then we fantastic. also work with our biopharma clients to manage the free drug programs for patients who cannot afford their medications. Um, this is for patients who are uninsured or maybe under, underinsured. And so we have what's called a non-commercial specialty pharmacy, and we dispense as many as 4,000 doses of free medication every day um, for these types of patients. So it's a um, one of those things that a lot of people don't know about, um, but they, most manufacturers do have these free drug programs. That's fantastic, Tara. And, um, you know, some of the some of the data around how fast can you get what you need therapy wise and the obstacles to get there it's just it's mind boggling it's frustrating so it's fantastic to hear that you guys are helping 250,000 plus patients uh every single year how would you say what you do is is unique and different than what's available and and how is it improving outcomes i would say you know one of the things that we're doing to improve outcomes is by capturing some of the the data around um, those patients and their journeys. And from a unique perspective, that's also a bit unique. So having the ability to capture that information, put it in ways that are um, consumable for our clients so that they can make different decisions to help more patients. So that's um, that's been a big push for us and something we've made a, a lot of movement in over the last couple of years. Fantastic. Congratulations on that. And, you know, the other thing that that's impressive is the number of free doses mm -hmm. a day. When you said 4,000, I was like, oh, OK, 4,000 a year. No, a day. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, that's a lot. Yes. Yeah. Our pharmacy team does a great job. They really look at you know, the fact that there is a patient behind every prescription that goes out. And if they have, you know, 4,000 that need to go out in a day, they're not leaving that pharmacy until every one of those goes out because those are patients who are waiting on medication. 
Um, mm. We have a team that's worked together for years and um, they, uh, they're amazing. Well, and I'm glad they have a nurse leading this team just because, you know, nurses are, are just incredible people and insightful, super connected across the organization. Uh, just brilliant that Cardinal made uh, you the leader. As, as you think about setbacks, Tara, what would you say one of those setbacks is key learning that came out of it? I would say, you know, this is a, a little bit of a shift, but a key learning from the last year that probably I would say all of us had some learnings about is COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, we were definitely challenged by the sudden onset of COVID and knowing that, again, these are patients that we need to help whether it's in our pharmacy or if it's on the reimbursement side. And we, we knew that we had to keep business going. We luckily, you know, I, I got, you know, I'll take luck any day. Um, luckily (laughs) we were already at about 40% uh, remote workforce prior to COVID hitting. And that was something that we started and were very deliberate about. So we already knew how to hire people remotely. We knew how to train people remotely, how to monitor people remotely and, you know, and and things like that. Um, But still, we were only at about 40%. But then, you know, after COVID hit, all of a sudden, we had to get really 95% of our workforce home. And we had to do it in a matter of two, three days. Um, and just the mountains that were moved by everyone on the team from IT to facilities to HR. I mean, we really moved mountains and everyone pulled together to make that happen. We still, of course, have an on-site staff because, you know, the folks that are actually dispensing the medications, mm-hmm. they need to be in our pharmacy. Yeah. The folks that are in our warehouse, you know, getting that, um, the new product for us, they have to be there. Our mailroom people, the people in our um, shipping group, they need to be there. But right now we're 95% working remotely. And most of our team provides that really that frontline support to patients who are struggling to access therapy. And so these patients are, you know, these are sick patients, you know, patients who rely on our team. And it was also important not only to be there to meet those patients, but for the service levels to remain high. So it wasn't enough just to, you know, hey, let's just all move to the home. We needed to make sure that the quality did not suffer. And through this, we were able to maintain quality. And in fact, are finding that some of our performance measures have improved since moving to the remote environment. That's outstanding. Well, congratulations on that. And wow, going from 40 to 95% is no joke. Uh, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a beast of a of a job to do, and and on top of that, to also see the rate of of just improvement on the business itself is a testament to how you guys did it, but also your commitment to keeping that patient at the center. What are you most excited about today? Mm, what am I most excited about? Um, I'm really excited about how we're leveraging technology to better meet the needs in the future. So we are not about technology just for kind of that shiny penny, you know, sake, Um, you know, when technology is just for fun, then that's a toy and that's, you know, well, that's fun, but that's not what we're really about. It's about how can we leverage technology to impact patients in the right way? So things that we're doing, whether it's um, new ways to interact with patients using, um, you know, AI, with texting or emails to really meet patients where they are with the message that they're ready to receive at the right point in time 
through the channel that they're most comfortable with is something I'm really excited about. For sure. You know, and so we're still dealing with the pandemic, Tara, and uh, there's still a lot of patients out there with chronic conditions. How has the COVID-19 pandemic affected chronic care patients? Yeah, that's uh, that's a rough one. You know, chronic care patients represent more than forty percent of the American population, and four out of the f- four out of the five of the most expensive health conditions are chronic conditions. Um, the one that's not in there is cancer. Is not considered a chronic condition, but with some of the advances we've made in medicine, you know, some would almost consider you know certain types of cancer to even be chronic. So it may actually be higher than that. Um, and managing these these chronic conditions are they are complex. You know, patients see multiple doctors. They're on multiple medications, coping with a variety of symptoms and side effects. Managing these high costs I and mean, every one of these medications comes with another copay. Um, in addition to the physical challenges related to their disease, many chronic patients also face mental health challenges. Um, you know, depression, you know, comes to mind immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a public health crisis like COVID-19 just adds to um, these already very full plates. You know, I keep going back to that, these full plates that these people have. And so these people who are living with chronic illnesses um, are already at that higher risk for declining health. And the COVID pandemic has just um, further created health challenges. I would say also looking at things like um, financial um, security, housing, food security, social isolation, these are, you know, just again, impacting patients with chronic illnesses in an even bigger way than it's affecting all of us. Folks that were already isolated, maybe only got, you know, a visit by, um, you know, family member once a month, maybe now it's been months. Yeah, it's been months. Um, higher unemployment rate um, caused by the pandemic has resulted in more and more patients facing um, financial hardships. A lot of people have lost their insurance, hmm. and um, that's something that is, you know, very difficult to face. And one of the reasons that we have our free goods pharmacy program. And in addition, people may be cut off from their caregivers. Um, and that's, you know, certainly been a problem this year as, as well. And with the social distancing guidelines and the stay-at-home orders, it's really difficult for their, those caregivers to get to the patients who need the care. I would say the other thing is just a recognition of this. So programs like yours, you know, are great for raising awareness. And, and all of us who are in healthcare, it's um, it's incumbent on us to, to really um, get the word out that chronic care patients need extra attention during this time to ensure that they don't fall through the cracks of the healthcare system. Yeah, you've you've mentioned so much, Tara, and and it's so on point. Uh, I'm glad you covered it. In fact, if you're listening to this, rewind that. <laughs> that was good. Um, and the the opportunity to really understand how complex it is to help patients with chronic conditions. It's it's so important, and and COVID 19s made it so difficult. What resources are available, Tara, to help with these issues? Yeah, of course, healthcare providers play a central role in supporting chronic care patients. And I would never want to do anything that gets in between a provider and a patient. You know, but let's face it, healthcare providers, their their resources are limited and stretched um, at this point as well. So anything that can be done to support um, that patient and the healthcare provider, you know, are important. So pharmaceutical companies are paying, playing really an increasingly valuable role in facilitating access to treatment um, and ensuring that continuity of care. 
And unfortunately, many patients just don't even know what assistance is available to them. Fewer than one in five patients are even aware of these programs that are available to them from the manufacturers. And only 40% of healthcare providers are very, are, you know, quote, very aware of manufacturer copay assistance and free drug programs. So, you know, these are folks that do this day in and day out, and it's their profession. And even that, it's only 40%. You know, I have a couple of examples that really hit home and are things that get me um, going every day when I, you know, and, and understand the importance of the work I do. I had a neighbor of mine, and when I met her, she was a widow mm-hmm. and a very young widow. And it turns out that her husband had a heart attack. He, re- mm. he survived the heart attack, but his drug regimen that he was on afterwards required some pretty hefty copays. And here's somebody, he was employed, his wife was employed, they had insurance, um, but in an effort to save money, he stopped taking a lot of his medications and then he had a second heart attack, which was much, much worse. And he passed away. And it turns out that most of the medications he was on, there were copay programs available to him that could have brought the cost down to zero or $5 a month and just not aware. Um, I also met a a chronic care patient who received an inheritance from her grandmother Mm -hmm. and she ended up spending that entire inheritance on copays um, for her uh, a chronic condition, a, a chronic cancer condition. And it was only after she went through all of the inheritance and was reaching out and Googling, Googling um, ways to help to afford her medication that she saw that there was a program available to her that she could have been using all along wow. um, and, and just didn't know about it. So I'm, I'm always like every place I go, whether it's, you know, grocery store and talking to people online back when we did that, you know, now yeah. we don't do that so much <laughs> anymore, or, you know, just people I meet randomly. Um, I let them know that, Hey, these programs exist and get the word out. Wow. Well, two gut-wrenching examples, Tara, and two of, of millions that happen every single day in this country. And so you're listening to this right now. Take action. You have the responsibility to share this with somebody that you care about, that you love. In the show notes, we're going to leave links to these resources. So so make sure you check those out. Just type in Tara in the search bar or type in Cardinal in the search bar, Synexis, and you'll you'll find that too. So make sure you do that. Um, what would you say are some of the ways biopharma companies can support chronic care patients facing these challenges? Because they're listening. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So with so many patients and HCPs that are unaware of these programs, the opportunity for biopharma companies is to take a larger role in bringing awareness to patients in need. Um, whether that's transportation services, that's another thing we haven't really talked about. But if you know people can't get to the clinic for their infusion, then it doesn't do any good if the infusion is paid for if they can't even get there. So you know, transportation service, copay assistance, clinical support programs, you know, just things that can remove these um, barriers to care. Green awareness, I would say, is number one. And then also at a time when patients may have more limited access to healthcare resources, it's supporting patients um, and supporting these patient assistance programs. So whether it's, they're called PAPS, patient assistance programs, so supporting those, the free goods programs, it's a, the, the formal name is the patient assistance program. They're often provided to enable financially insecure patients to access their therapy. And PAPS though may also be there for bridge product. So if a patient is technically or is temporarily between jobs, 
um, they may still qualify for one of these PAP programs or free good programs. Um, if a patient is starting on medication and it's taking a while for the payer coverage to start, they also may be open and, and um, eligible for a free goods program. So I always say, just always ask. Don't assume the answer is no, always ask. And then some biopharma companies also support that needs beyond the medication, like the accessing the, the transportation doctor's appointments or to the clinic for their infusions. Um, sometimes they'll even help pay for lodging if a patient and their family needs to stay at a, a center for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, doesn't you know, if somebody needs a, a family member's uh, support with them when they're at a, um, a visit, then that is another thing that the pharmaceutical manufacturers often support. So Nexus, we have many programs that have clinical nurse educators um, that can also support um, where patients are connected to registered nurses who can answer questions about the, their treatments, provide wellness coaching, reminders, um, can talk through injection training. Um, can talk about site rotation, how to travel with your medication, how to dispose your needles, all that kind of stuff, side effect um, management. So um, the clinical nurse educators are another way that biopharma companies can support these patients. And then, you know, these services can be particularly valuable for patients who are isolated or lacking that caregiver support. Um, For example, if our nurse educators hear about a patient who's struggling with depression, they can connect that patient with counseling services Hmm. or other, you know, helpful source resources in the community. That's wonderful, Tara. And, and, um, you know, just thinking about the patient hub, you know, what's, what's the, the role of the patient hub in, in delivering the support? Yeah. So our, our biopharma clients often engage with hub services like Synexus because we have the expertise and the technology to implement these programs quickly, effectively, and compliantly. Um, And at Synexus, we have hundreds of patient specialists who are explicitly trained to engage with providers and payers to help patients when they're overcoming their access barriers. And our teams are experienced in a wide range of disease categories, Um, everything from oncology to dermatology to rheumatology is just really all over the map, cardiology. Um, And that means that we're able to bring new programs on board quickly and with minimal ramp up time because we have that expertise. Um, We also have our state of the art technology program that allows us to automate tasks such as prior authorizations and benefit verifications to reduce the time that it takes for a patient to get on therapy. And then if it does take, you know, longer than anticipated, we have the, the free goods program to bridge those patients while they're waiting to get started. We also, you know, I mentioned earlier about how important it is to collect um, data and, and the information and the analytics. Well, collecting that data um, on the patient journey through our AI and analytics tools can provide our clients with valuable insights um, that help them provide a better experience for patients. Um, I can give another example from COVID. Last spring, we were able to mine through a lot of our patient phone calls to listen to what patients were talking about. And a lot of patients were experiencing or expressing a verbiage like lost job or affordability or can't make it to the doctor or things like that, that let us know that COVID was really impacting these patients. So as a result, um, we were able to work with our clients and they broadened, expanded the eligibility criteria 
for the free goods program so that a broader segment of patients could receive the free medication um, to make it easier for patients. I think that's great. Kudos to you and, and the team there for having taken that, that data-driven approach, listened to the patient, and broadening those qualification criteria. I think that's fantastic. Congratulations to you and your team for that, and, and thank you. That we're happy to do it. Yeah, no, it's it's wonderful. And um, and so folks take advantage of today, this interview with Tara, you know, sharing this knowledge now that you know it, you know, take it a step further and, and share it with your colleagues, with your friends, your loved ones. Tara, before we conclude, first just want to say thank you. Uh, this has been such a such an informative podcast with you. Uh, give us a closing thought. What should we be thinking about? And where should the listeners go to get in touch with you if they want to learn more? Yeah, accessing therapy and managing chronic diseases is more challenging today than ever before. Every year it gets harder, and particularly with the added complexity of the COVID pandemic. And if we want to see patients achieve better outcomes, support programs and patient resources need to be made more widely available. I always encourage patients to feel empowered to seek out information ask the right questions about what assistance might be available for them. Patients can find out about these programs by reaching out to their healthcare provider, finding hotlines, and also looking specifically for the name brand of the medication that they're prescribed. Patients can and should be encouraged to advocate on their own behalf with payers. Um, They can even write their own emails or letters outlining why a doctor's recommended course of treatment is best and share information about how their condition is affecting their lives um, and really take control. True patient empowerment is long overdue. Um, there's, you know, I know some people say patients aren't patient anymore, and um, really it's, it's about time for patients to, to really get in there and, and uh, roll up their sleeves and be empowered. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, you know, who isn't on LinkedIn, right? But um, my last name is a weird spelling. It's H-E and only one R. So Tara Harrington. And you can also visit the Cardinal Health Synexus website at www.cardinalhealth.com forward slash Synexus. Outstanding, Tara. Well, couldn't agree with you more. Now is the time. Just take your own health in your own hands and, and make the most out of it. All the resources you heard today could be found in the show notes. Just make sure to type in Tara and Cardinal Health inside of the uh, search bar, and you'll find all of the links there. Tara, thank you so much for the work that you and your team do to, to make healthcare better for us. Yeah, well, thank you, Saul, for having us today. And uh, this is, uh, you have a, a great forum here, and I appreciate being a part of it. Thank you. Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, Saul Marquez here. I get what a phenomenal asset a podcast could be for your business and also how frustrating it is to navigate editing and production, monetization, and achieving the ROI you're looking for. Technical busy work shouldn't stop you from getting your genius into the world though. You should be able to build your brand easily with a professional podcast that gets attention. A patched up podcast could ruin your business. Let us do the technical busy work behind the scenes while you share your genius on the mic and take the industry stage. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more.